Good morning, everybody. Rise and shine. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday today. This episode is going to be a little different, but then again, it really co-signs to why I made these type of podcasts in the first place and why I decided to make a podcast in the first place. But for episode six, today we're going to be discussing the very concept of hell and the afterlife. So this man who goes by the name of Joshua Deshun, um, if I said that name right, or Deshun, or Deshun, whatever, um, he basically died twice, according to him. He died twice and came back from the dead, according to what he said. All right. Now, he went on live stream. And I don't know if this was on his Instagram or if this was Facebook, whatever the case may be. Nonetheless, he went on live stream and told his audience that he was on his deathbed and that he died twice and met the devil himself and told his audience that the devil does not look like a man with horns. He does not look like. He has a pitchfork. He doesn't look like a creature. He's not even scary. He looks like me and you. Now, as I'm watching this video and I I tried everything in my power to try and convert the video to um, MP3 audio, um, but it just was not possible because the only time I could find the part that I wanted to use was on Instagram and yeah, the, the type of apps that I use for converting that to MP3 just wouldn't let me do it. But anyways, if you put in uh, Joshua and then his last name is D-E-S-H-U-N. If you just put in his name, um, I'm pretty sure the first thing that'll pop up is his live stream. It's like 26, 27 minutes, somewhere around that time. So for the three minutes that I watched this particular part on Instagram, he talks about how he met the devil himself. Um, he so he also talked about how he he met the four horsemen. Um, and this is when you're like it really started getting ridiculous. But what was even more interesting is that his mother knew more details on the situation than he did, which was very uh, skeptical to me. Um, I was like, why does she know more details than you do? I mean, it it didn't happen like five years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like this happened yesterday. Like (laughs) I I didn't understand why she knew more details than he did. Um, But there's some points that I wanted to go over concerning his video um, and just dealing with some topics at hand. Um, I will be posting a YouTube video. Um, concerning this very topic and I have to cut it up and make it a uh, appropriate time because all the things that I mostly mentioned in that video I'm going to be talking in this podcast however um, that's why I had to cut it up because I want the video to just specifically talk about the situation 
and the podcast to, to deal with the deeper issues concerning um, the very concept of hell and the afterlife. All right. Anyways, some things I wanted to mention concerning uh, his very argument or his experience. Number one, he could be lying. A lot of people were speculating whether or not he was telling the truth because of his mother co-signing to everything that he was saying. There were certain parts in the audio or in the video where, you know, he was trying to explain something and then he'll look to his mama like, what, what, what did I say? A mama, what, what, what did I, what did, what did I say about that? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it was because he was nervous. I don't know because it, it did not make sense to me whatsoever. Um, but I'm not saying he's not lying. Um, but people were speculating that he could be lying and that's, that's something to keep in mind. Two, something that we need to also keep in mind is that the mind is very powerful. And something that I live by is that the mind is all and the universe is mental. And so when you have a particular man who is raised up in a Christian household and he tried to claim that he never read the Bible. I highly doubt that. But he, he tried to claim that he never read the Bible. Um, he, he don't know nothing about Jesus, all that other stuff, right? But he, he's not going to sit here and tell me that he never heard of the concept of hell, that he never heard of the concept of Jesus, that uh, he, he's not raised up in a quote-unquote praying household where his, his grandmothers, his, his grandfathers, grandparents, great-grandparents, he's just not going to tell me that he wasn't raised up in an environment um, of Christians. He's just not going to tell me that. I have cousins that look like him and and, and uh, based upon how he carries himself. So I have Christians who can say uh, or cousins who can say the same thing raised up in, in Christian households. Anyways, I say that the mind is very powerful because when you're having a so-called near death experience, you're not going through what you call a near death experience. And some people will say that. Uh, you you hear certain stories. They were raised up out of their body. They could see everything that was going on. You know, I can't say either or. However, I can say that when you're dealing with um, a, a particular perception that you've been raised around your whole life, your subconscious will create that for you. You know, because the mind is very powerful. And, and whatever you make your realities is how you're going to live your reality, you know? And so when he had this so-called death near death experience, um, possibly he created this perception for himself where he believed in heaven and hell. He may not have been deep into the religious aspects of things, but he believed in a heaven and hell. Um, three, this leads me to number three, that the interpretation here of his so-called dream is very subjective. What he interpreted as being hell and meaning the devil could be a reflection of uh, certain parts within himself. It could also represent uh, his 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 darker side, his his deeper potential, um, the other side that he refuses to embrace and to compromise with. So many things that you can interpret that. Uh, interpret this as rather than just being hell in, in brimstone in the lake of fire 
Um, not to mention that these particular perceptions are not real. Um, the four horsemen, the lake of fire, hell itself, these are not real uh, events and, and real places and real people. Um, but let's get into it, shall we? Um, something that he mentioned is that he, he talked about how the devil looks like a human. I find this to be very interesting um, because there are some people in the comment section they were like, well, we want to know what race the devil looks like if he looks like me and you. Um, but nonetheless, uh, when I what I took from this is that the devil looks like him because he said that the devil called him his son when it looked like that he was trying to describe how the devil looks. He used himself as an example. So what I took from the what I took from this is that the devil was his reflection. Um, the one he calls the devil or Satan is his reflection. The reason why you have deities that look like you or look human is because that this is how these particular energies can relate to you. The same thing with the Orishas and the Owas and the Netters and the Babaowas. You know, these are how these particular energies can relate to you. Um, it's not because that they look human per se, because these are energies that uh, deal with more than just the physical realm. But the only way that they can expose themselves to you in this physical realm is is through uh, what we call the body. So you know, that's something to keep in mind. Um, something that I would like to mention concerning the concept of hell. I find it very interesting that you have a lot of black people who believe in this concept of hell. Um, and they fail to realize that hell is not a real place. And this is going to get a lot of people mad. <laughs> but do not take my word for it, first and foremost. Everything that I'm saying, you could do your research for yourself as well. But something that I would like to make known to you is that hell is not a real place. As a matter of fact, hell is not even mentioned in the Bible. I'm going to say it again. Hell is not mentioned in the Bible. From the beginning to the end. Hell is not mentioned in the Bible. There is nowhere in the Old Testament where you even see an ounce of the concept of hell. Not even an ounce. Not even the the uh, apocrypha. I think that's what you call it. Um, but you, you don't see an ounce of the concept of hell. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's no concept of hell. He didn't say the heavens, the hells, and the earth. But the concept of what we consider hell is 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 actually the earth, is the physical realm, the underworld. The heavens is is what we. Um, let me put it this way: hell. In in co-signing to, the concept of heaven, and where we're trying to get back to. Coming to earth, is what we call the underworld, the actual quote unquote world. In which we're supposed to be trying to aim to be at is what others call nirvana, uh, what other call heaven, you know, and what we call the afterlife, you know, the egungun, as uh, the West African people will call it, or the people in the Igbo culture will call it. So, the underworld, Hades, this is the particular plane. That we would call Hades or the underworld. 
hell is the physical realm. All right, because we are placed in a shell. We are placed in a physical body. So this is the, the, the world in which we live in today. Hell is a condition. It's a state of the mind. And it's also a, uh, a state of being. You know, you have a lot of people who will say it's cold as hell. Uh, or, or it's hot as hell. Or I'm broke as hell. Or I'm rich as hell. Or she fine as hell. You know, hell, we have used hell in in a way in which we can describe things. But nonetheless, I feel like there's a deeper aspect to this. I feel like that when we use this perception of hell and is, you know, when we're using it in sentences that subconsciously we are co-signing to the thought process of hell being a condition. But getting back to what I was saying, that there is no mention of hell in the Bible. Every time that you see at least close to the perception of hell in the Old Testament, um, you're just dealing with Sheol. Um, Sheol is the perception of the underworld or the afterlife for the Hebrews. Um, and in most references, it's just describing the, the dead or the grave, you know, Um Something that we should also keep in mind, like I was saying before, there's nowhere in the Bible from the beginning to the end, not with Adam, not with Cain, not with the prophets. There is no mention of if you do not turn away from your wicked ways, you're going to hell. There's just no <laughs> there's no talk like that in the Bible. Um, most of the references in terms of torment is the physical world. Where if you do not turn away from your wicked ways, ye shall surely die. If you do not turn away from your wicked ways, then you are going to be in captivity of another set of people. You know, if, if you do not turn away from your wicked ways, your, you know, your offsprings in the generation to come will suffer. You know, just things like that. So it's, it's all dealing with the physical realm. It's, it's dealing with the physical plane. It's not dealing with your actual uh, afterlife. But um, let's let's break this down because there might be some people who may be listening and, uh, you know, they'll be like, well, I don't believe you because there's so many references in the New Testament um, where Jesus was referencing hell. Now, mind you, right, the King James Bible is one of the most, if not the most inaccurate translation of of the biblical scripts, you could say. Um, when you look at the Bible and the way that they translated the word hell, it doesn't even mean hell. Uh, most of the time where it's referencing hell in the New Testament, it's talking about Gehenna. Um, but aside from Gehenna, it's mostly in reference to Sheol, or it's in reference to uh, Tartarus. Um, but other than that, most of the time it's in reference to Gehenna in the New Testament. And the reason for that is because Gehenna was a valley of fire, literally. Um, during their time, according to the mythology here, Israel considered Gehenna the valley of fire. It was basically a trash dump in Jerusalem. And... There are certain references in the Old Testament that talk about the very valley 
um, where there were quote unquote pagans that would burn other people in that particular uh, valley. And so Jesus used this reference to talk about the destruction of a sinful lifestyle, but he was not talking about a physical realm um, in the afterlife. He wasn't talking about a realm um, that people would suffer and, and be tormented from in the afterlife. Uh, there are certain references in the Bible, for an example, like Matthew chapter 5, verse 30, where Jesus talks about if your right hand causes you to stumble, it's better for you to lose your right hand than for you to lose your whole body in uh, in the fires of hell, right? And this is not talking about a physical realm, but it's talking about the destruction of a sinful lifestyle. If your right hand causes you to sin, then it's better for you to lose that right hand. And as as we all should know, he's speaking in allegory. <laughs> he's not talking about for you to literally cut off your right hand. Um, he's talking about certain things in your life. If there are certain things in your life that are causing you to stumble, it's better for you to get rid of those things than for you to contribute your life to that. And it causes your whole life to be in shatters, you know. But some people just do not know how to interpret what Jesus is saying because these allegories are for a certain mind for uh, of people. Anywho, moving on. Um, like I said, when Jesus makes references to hell, whenever you see it in the Bible, it's just referencing mostly to Gehenna. The only time that you see Tartarus, which is considered the deepest pit or a place of torment, um, is in Second Peter, and it wasn't even referencing to humans. It was referencing to the fallen angels, you know. Uh, but other than that, you don't see any reference of a place of torment in the Bible. Now, some people will say, well, what about the book of Revelations? The book of Revelations talk about if you don't, uh, if your name isn't in the land book of life, then you're going to the lake of fire. Now, something that I cannot describe um, due to time in this podcast is to say that the book of Revelations is uh, a real event because the the book of Revelations is not a real event. It's not prophetic, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> the book of Revelations is just as allegorical and illustrative as the Odyssey, all right. the The Book of Revelations uh, is also mistransliterated as well. But like I said, we can savor that for another time, for another day. Um, and also, like I said, do not take my word for it. Do your own research. But the the Book of Revelations was never meant to be taken literally. The Book of Revelations is talking about the ascension of the mind. That's what it's talking about: the ascension of the mind, body, and soul. And all the things that which do not contribute to your to your life in, in one aspect, you put that into the lake of fire. Fire, for the most part, though, does not mean destruction. For the most part, it actually means cleanliness. You ever heard of the phoenix that rise from the ashes? You know, um, another reference that I would like to use is when John the Baptist was talking to his disciples and he said, I baptize you with water, but the one who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
you know, and so baptism of fire is what we consider the lake of fire, you know, and, and not in reference to Gehenna, but this is a different type of fire. This is like the same fire that was used or seen in the day of Pentecost, you know, the the Lord is a consuming fire, as it talks about in the Old Testament. Um, something that I would love to touch on is that if the Lord is a consuming fire, and this is what he's described as, we're talking about the same fire that met up with Moses in the desert. But the fire didn't consume the bush. It was a burning bush, but the fire did not consume the bush. This is the type of fire that we're dealing with. So if we're dealing with fire that doesn't even consume the physical plane, fire that, that doesn't even, uh, you know, deal with the the physical torment of somebody. And this is the same fire that could be in reference to our kundalini energy and in reference to our soul, because it even talks about in the book of Proverbs that the, the soul is the lamp of God. You know, and, and so when we're dealing with our soul, our spirit being energy, energy cannot be created or destroyed. So if energy cannot be created or destroyed and our energy comes from the supreme source and the source, the unlimited source or the creator or God that you want to call it is the unlimited supreme source of everything in this universe and operates through everything. Then we, by default, can conclude that our soul, our spirit does not and cannot uh, or, or let me put it this way it does not have the capability of being consumed or being burned because our our uh, soul our spirit comes from what people will call the most high it talks about in the book of Ecclesiastes where you're absent with the body you're present with the Lord your body also in the New Testament is in reference to the uh, the temple of God. Your body is the very temple of God. And if your body is the temple of God, that means the spirit of God dwells within you. Which means that you are the you're the creator of your life. You know, the Bible um, that I, I would love to use in, in many different ways uh, is a reference to your higher self. The Bible isn't to try to get you back to having a relationship with Jesus. The Bible is a is a book that is giving you the very principles of your higher self. is is trying to get you to uh, learn about who you truly are. And the the New Testament is just particles. This is just fragments of the actual gospel. You know, because you have the Gnostic Gospels that really deal with the original teachings of, of Jesus. And Jesus is just another archetype of Haru. But when you're dealing with the very perception of Jesus, you're not supposed to be trying to get a relationship with Jesus. Jesus made it very plain and clear in, in, in many times throughout the Bible. You know, he was like, the works I do, you do also and greater. When he taught his disciples how to pray. He said, our father. He didn't say his father. He said, our father. Many times in the Bible, Jesus was referencing the father um, in reference to him being no more of a son or, or having uh, contributions to the quote unquote kingdom than other people. Because he told people that the kingdom wasn't to come, 
The kingdom isn't in the sky or under the ground or in the ocean. The kingdom is within you. You see what I'm saying? So getting I'm getting off topic, but <laughs> to get back on topic, when we're dealing with hell, like I said before, hell is a physical plane. It's the state of mind. No, no more than heaven. Heaven is when you have a even head. All right. A even head when you have a good head on your shoulders. That's what it means to to be in heaven, um, because the mind is all in the universe is mental. And it also talks about in the Bible, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is why it also says in the Bible, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I'm not reading this off of a, of, off of a book or I'm not reading this from my phone. <laughs> these are these are scriptures that I know by heart. Like I was raised up in the church. Um, I was a little preacher boy myself. You know what I'm saying? So. I know this by heart. I, I've been raised up in the church all my life. Um, I did my own little ministry stuff myself in my own personal time growing up. So I know what I'm talking about. Uh, for people who might be listening, they might think I'm capping or whatever the case may be. Um, please understand, I'm not capping. <laughs> um, I, I do know uh, specifically what I am talking about. But like I said, do not take my word for it. Um, I highly advise for the people who are listening to me to do their own research for themselves. Um, you don't have to take anything that I said in this video um, to heart, but I do know what I am talking about. Um, so please understand that the Bible is not talking about a or, or the Bible does not reference hell. There's no reference of a place in the afterlife where there's going to be eternal torment is just not it's not a real thing it's not <laughs> this was a concept that was created by the catholic church you know to get people to convert to christianity it's not a real place it is a fictional place jesus don't exist abraham isaac and jacob don't exist adam and eve don't exist these are stories these are mythologies that describe our inner self these are stories that describe who we are in terms of our soul in terms of our um, emotions in terms of how we are to deal with situations these allegories just because they are stories and allegories that do not mean that we turn them away that, do, that doesn't mean that we put them in the trash we actually appreciate these stories and find ways to contribute these stories to our life because I have ran into a lot of Christians, I've ran into a lot of Hebrew Israelites that would tell me that, well, if the Bible isn't true, then then why do I need it in my life? And I'm not saying that you have to contribute the Bible to your life in order to live a good life or to have principles. But some people think that just because um, Jesus didn't actually walk on water or Moses didn't actually spread the Red Sea or there wasn't actually a talking snake that convinced Eve to eat from the, the tree of the <laughs> knowledge of good and evil. You know what I'm saying? Like just because these things didn't happen does not mean that they don't share a significance in your life. You know, we can receive a lot of information from Greek mythology. We can receive a lot of information from Yoruba mythology. We can receive a lot of information 
from uh, Kemetic or Cushitic mythology or the Mesopotamian mythology. We can receive a lot of information from many different mythologies and, and mythological stories um, in our life. You know, even the, the stories that we grew up on, the three little pigs, Goldilocks and the three bears, you know, like <laughs> we can even learn stuff from those stories. So if we can learn something from Jack and Jill. Ooh, excuse me. If we can learn something from Jack and Jill went up the hill. If we can learn something from Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. We can learn something from the mythology and the story of Jesus. We can learn something from the mythology and the story of Buddha. Uh, me being the omniest Rome, I don't contribute my life to one different. Uh, I don't contribute my life to one side or the other. I don't contribute my life to Christianity or Islam. I don't say that blue is better than purple. And I don't say purple is better than yellow. And I don't say yellow is better than red. Now, I might like personally how red looks. I might wear red for the most part. I might wear black for the most part. But that does not mean that I contribute my life entirely to red. I might live by a certain motto. I might like how something sounds. Um, but I give appreciations to all colors of the rainbow. Um, there might be some music that I don't personally like. Some music that I do like. But I give appreciation to all different genres of music. Um, there might be some fashion styles that I like and some fashion styles that I don't like. But I give appreciation to all those different types of fashions. And in this same manner is how we should look at religion. And it's also how we should look at belief systems just because you don't subscribe or contribute your life to confucianism or hinduism or buddhism or christianity that does not mean that you shun it or that you cast it aside that's where your ego gets into play so you should have the uh you should have the type of heart or the mindset in which you can give appreciation and respect to all different aspects of life all different aspects of of spirituality in, in religion and belief systems and so on and so forth. But until next time, I'm Tyrone. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I know I, I went a little bit over time than expected, but that's it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. But uh, if you listen to all of this, you you the real MVP for real for real. You the real MVP. Hopefully, you got something out of this video. Um, I tried to make this very uh, informative and as uh, in depth as possible. <laughs> Um, because I really wanted to deal with this topic because a lot of people are scared of the concept of hell. A lot of black people are only contributing their life to Christianity because they do not want to go to hell. A lot of black people in this, in this lifetime think that it's better to believe in a lie than to find the truth. Believe it or not, it, it might sound crazy to you, but a lot of black people in this world think that it's better to believe and then find out hell is not real than to not believe and then possibly go into hell instead of finding out the truth for yourself. And they act like that you can't find the truth for yourself, you know, and they, and they over here just like, I'm not trying to risk it. And you just waste like 80 years of your life contributing your life to something that isn't even real. You know what I'm saying? It just hell is as real as Hades for the Greek and Nirvana for the Hindu. You know, all of these are just perceptions of different things. Um, but like I said, last but not least, and I'm going to keep saying this, do not take my word for it. Do your own research for yourself. All right. 
But until next time, I'm Tarun, I gotta go to the gym and I gotta go uh, <laughs> get my, my classwork together and stuff like that. But anyways, until next time, I'm Tyrone. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Share this podcast with other people. Um, like it. Um, also, subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. But until next time, I'm Tyrone, and I am out.